Well, greetings to all of you in sunny Southport from the place where God lives. Isn't it wonderful that, you know, even though we're in the midst of challenges, but we can communicate with one another and share together without me having to be physically in Southport and you having to physically be in Oldham, the place where God lives. It's wonderful to be together and to share in God's word. And today I wanted to share with you something that has been on my mind and on my heart in the last, since really this year began. And I've been thinking to myself, what is it that would be the word for us to share together in this time? I know that there have been prophets that have said what the word would be for the year and all of that. Uh, I want us to take back a step really to what I think is a fundamental word. And I want to share from the perspective of inheritance, inheritance in the scriptures. Um, and you know, uh, we live in unprecedented times, don't we? Uh, we all know how the impact of uh, the virus has been on, on social, economic and uh, uh, affairs and political affairs and national affairs, I mean, uh, world affairs. We are all uh, having to deal with where we are uh, in so many different and challenging ways. And some of the questions that we can ask is, what is happening to my life? What is happening with my family? What is going to happen with my job? What's going to happen with my mortgage? What's going to happen with my calling? What about my destiny? What is, what is, what is going on for me in all this situation and circumstance? What I want to propose is that we may need to take, away, take a step back from that. Just hold, I'm, I'm, I'm going to explain a little bit, but we need to take a step away from that and just think a little bit about something else that might be a lot more settling, a lot more eternal, a lot more uh, dependable, a lot more reliable than our own uh, situation and circumstance. Now, we need to say from the beginning uh, that when we come to Christ, one of the wonderful things about this is that we come and we receive privileges and benefits. Isn't it Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, and forget not all his benefits. And we know he forgives our sins, glory to God, puts his Holy Ghost in us, praise, praise God, he heals our diseases, praise God, he satisfies our mouth with good things, praise God, and all these wonderful things. And sometimes, we can overemphasize that. But let me just first go through it again uh, in terms of what the scripture says. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13. Uh, Paul writing to the Ephesians says to them, uh, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So, yes, when we come to Christ, one of the wonderful things that happens is that we come into an inheritance. And here Paul says the Holy Spirit actually guarantees this inheritance that we have come into. When Paul was writing to the Colossians, in Colossians chapter 1, uh, he also reiterates this idea that we have come into an inheritance. I'm going to read from verse 11. It says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have 
great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Isn't that wonderful? You and I have been qualified by God. Not that we've qualified ourselves. We've been qualified by God to share in the inheritance. There is an inheritance in the kingdom of God that we have come into. And, uh, and it's a wonderful kingdom of light. And we have been qualified by God. This is not something that we could do. It's not something we could achieve on our own. It was God's own qualification of us. Not, it wasn't just Paul who believed this. Uh, Peter, the apostle, also had this concept when he was writing uh, his letter to uh, his letter in, uh, in First Peter. He, in verse, chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept for you in heaven who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I like this. I like this, that our inheritance is kept for us in heaven and that this inheritance can never spoil uh, or fade or perish. It's eternal. It's an everlasting inheritance. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched the TV program, uh, you know, Air Hunters. I love that program, uh, and I, I, I mean, I'm interested to see when they find the heirs and how they are surprised that they've got a, an inheritance. Actually, I have a, um, a dream that one day some lord who died many years ago left a will, and I was included in that will. <laughs> I, 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 I'm hoping that one day they're going to knock on my door and say, Mr. Shivember, there was a lord so-and-so who uh, left an inheritance for you. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But even though that would be wonderful, this is even more glorious and more wonderful that I and you, you and I, have come and have been included into an inheritance God's, of God's kingdom that can never spoil, perish, or fed. We are um, gloriously included in this wonderful uh, kingdom that's going to fill the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. It's a kingdom that's extending all over and over again, and of the increase of that kingdom, there will be no end. So we have privileges, and there's something for us in coming to Christ. But if we only emphasize that aspect, we could be disillusioned sometimes by the things that are happening. And I want to show you something. If you go back to Ephesians chapter 1, I want to show you something, that this idea of an inheritance is not only us who have been called to have an inheritance. Paul, again, in, in, in Ephesians, in verse 18, chapter 1, verse 18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ Jesus from the dead and sat him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Hallelujah. Here's the thing, verse 19, uh, uh, verse 18, uh, that God has a rich and glorious inheritance in his people. So this concept of inheritance, there's 
there's our inheritance, but there's also God's inheritance in his people, in you and I. And so not just that God, not just God has given us an inheritance, we are going to give to God. Amen. An inheritance. He has an inheritance in us, his holy people. Let me suggest very quickly, because I need to move on, uh, that this inheritance has to do with the kingdom of God. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians um, uh, chapter 15 and verse 24. It says there that the end, which a lot of people are talking about the end right now because of the circumstances we find ourselves in, but the end will come when he, Christ, hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. So the thing that God is going to receive from his holy people, and Christ being our head, we his body, what we're going to, what we're going to give to God is the kingdom that, that Christ is going to deliver to God. And so God is looking forward to an inheritance in you and in me of the kingdom of God being turned over uh, to him. And um, in the words of John in, uh, in Revelation chapter 11, verse 15, uh, he says there uh, that uh, when, the, you know, uh, when the seventh angel sounded his trumpet, there were loud voices in heaven, which this is what the loud voices in heaven said. The kingdom of the world and of his Messiah, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. So the God's expectation, so I'm getting really excited with this, God's expectation is that there will be a day when the kingdom will be turned over back to him. Um, in the sense that the kingdom was lost on earth when, we, when Adam and Eve fell. But now with the coming of Christ, that kingdom has, is at hand. It has come back again. And God is expected, expecting one day that the kingdom will be turned over to him. That, I want to suggest to us, is his great and glorious inheritance in his sense. That means you and I. You see, we are not insignificant in God. We are really precious to him. And God has so invested himself in us that he's looking forward to a, a harvest, to an inheritance, to, to something precious, to something uh, that, he, that we bequeath him, so to speak. Even, even that language, I don't know how it fits for us to say we can bequeath something to God. But yes, we are the people who are going to be his inheritance as we bring the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So what does this mean then practically? Well, um, you know this verse very well, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 23. Matthew chapter 6 and verse, 20, verse 33, sorry, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And how many things? Say it with me. All these things will be given to you as well, will be added unto you. So, well, if we, are, I mean, we have received an inheritance from God and we're going to give God an inheritance of the kingdom, then we need to prioritize. That's what verse 33 is telling us, Matthew 6. We need to prioritize the kingdom of God. 
We need to make it number one. And when we make it number one, guess what? Everything that we need is added to us. Everything that we require will be added to us. You know those things that are our inheritance, our health, our healing, our prosperity, our jobs, our homes, our family. All those things will be added to us when we prioritize the kingdom of God. Making sure that we are living our lives in such a way that one day we can turn over the kingdom to God and say glory to God. This is what you have invested in as we turn it over to you. Now, I want to make this a little bit more practical than that. And I'm coming to the close of what I need to share with you today. Uh, I want to make it a little more practical than that. So if you go to Romans chapter 14, this is another verse that you're probably familiar with. Um, another set of verses that you're familiar with. I'm going to read from verse 16. Um, um, so from verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. So the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. You see, in the circumstance we're in now, it's so easy to focus on what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What about my house? What about my mortgage? What about my family? What about my job? So easy to focus on that. But really what God wants us to realize is that the kingdom of God is not, not so much about that. It's prioritizing that kingdom first and then everything that we need will be added to us. So practically, uh, we're to be making choices to live in righteousness. Seek to do the right thing because that's the kingdom of God. To, make the, the, to live our lives in such a way that we're living by the word. And some of that is very simple. The Bible says, do not neglect meeting together. That's the kingdom of God. Fellowship. Are you in touch with somebody in the church? Can you pick up your phone and call somebody and encourage them? Can you Zoom with somebody? Can you break bread with somebody over the phone or even on Zoom? I don't know, whatever other platforms you can use, uh, uh, WhatsApp and FaceTime and all sorts of things that we have available today. You can do that. And when you do that, you are uh, investing in the kingdom of God. Share in the righteousness of the kingdom. The other thing you can do practically is to live in peace. Now, we know that the only way that you live in peace with others is by living in peace with yourself inside, having the peace of God in you. Let the peace of God guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And when you allow that to happen, you live in peace with everybody else. Now, I know most of us are living indoors these days, so maybe there's a little, no, very, very little chance of, of causing offense. But whatever it is, we can make it a priority that no matter what happens, we live at peace with all men, the Bible says. And you know what? When we do that, we are prioritizing the kingdom of God. It says live in joy, peace and joy. And it's interesting that in that verse, righteousness, peace and joy, out of, out of that whole three, two-thirds of the kingdom of God is to do with our emotional uh, well-being, peace and joy. And we, joy is a choice that we make to live in expectation, in a, in a positive expectation of life. So even though it looks as if there's this variant of a virus that has come up again, and there's also this variant, and we don't know whether it's gonna, the vaccine is going to work against it or not, all of this, we can still live in an expectation that the kingdom of God is still going to come in a joyful expectation of that. When we do that, 
When we do, these are very simple, practical things. But when we do that, you know what? We are making impact on, for the kingdom of God. We are extending the kingdom of God. We are bringing, we are prioritizing uh, the kingdom of God. And by doing that, we uh, are preparing to usher back to God uh, his inheritance, the kingdom of God. There are few things in our world today that give us guarantee and certainty as the kingdom of God does. And so make, it, make, it, make a decision, make a choice, make it a priority. As a people together, as, a, as families in the church, as individuals in the church, make it a priority to, to prioritize the kingdom of God. Say to yourself, I'm going to live in righteousness, I'm going to live in peace, I'm going to live in, in the joy of the Holy Spirit. Once again, I want to say thank you very much for inviting me and God bless you.